the story that my good friend David uh, Davis here, right? He wrote up this story in the Jerusalem Post. He asked me, he said, what was your, what was your favorite story about Red Barley? I have to tell it because whenever I hear it told, it's told not right. And I heard it from the source. And it's a gem. And it's the story of Rabbi Haran, who had this open eye. It was, uh, it was, but I love the story. And I, I, I've said it over. And you know what? I've learned one thing also with stories. You can tell a story over 50 times. And you don't get it until you're told it over 50 times or something. Then you really understand the story. And I'm sometimes embarrassed that I told stories over so many times that I didn't get the story until I told it over another 20, 30 times. But this is a gem. And, and the way they tell it over in all the times they publish it, it's not always correct. But Rabbi Haran was in Farpinus when my father was in Pakistan, And used to come always to speak to him. And uh, he once came to speak to my father. My father was busy. So I talked to him. And I said to him, he was a brilliant man. I said, why did you become an educator? You could have been a great doctor, a lawyer, a rough. And you became the head of an open. Why? And he said, because of your grandfather. And I said, why? He said, I was a little boy in his time. He said, I, 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 I think he was an orphan as well. He said, and um, one day they gave out chocolate pudding. And I love chocolate pudding. So I ran like the others to get a portion. I gulped it down, and I went back to get another one. And the guy was giving out a sword that I already had, so he gave me a slap, a patch. He said, and he said, You had already. There were others who didn't have yet. He said, I was a little kid. I didn't know in that, and I, I still feel the pain of the, of the patch, he said to me, of the slap. He said, it was the pusha, also the embarrassment in front of your friends. He said, I lost myself, and I kicked the cart, and all the children put it fell on the floor. And they said to me, now you're in big service. Can we let tomorrow, they're going to throw you out of the cave. Tomorrow, a Bible day will decide what to do with you. He said, I didn't sleep the whole night. Where am I going to be? I'll be in the street. I won't be anywhere. What, what do I do? He said, I came back the next morning. I was staying in the yard. I hadn't slept the whole night. I heard kids saying, they're going to throw him out. And I'm standing there, and your grandfather, Rabbi, walks in. Rabbi saw me, he said, Yingale, come into my room with me. My grandfather had the worst room in the entire building in its high yeshiva. It was under the stairs, like Harry Potter. <laughs> under the stairs. And uh, maybe because he was short, maybe because they knew that he wouldn't complain. And so he told me, I went into the room with your grandfather. He sat down, I sat down next to him. He said to me, is it true what you did yesterday? And I said, yes. Will you ever do it again? I said, never. He said, then your grandfather went over to the Aron and he took out two chocolate puddings. One he took for himself, one he gave me, and with a smile I'll never forget, he said, I also love chocolate puddings. <laughs> he said, and the two of us sat together in the room. Me, little me, with the tzaddik of Yerushalayim. Behind the door I hear kids waiting to hear how I'm going to get thrown out. And inside, the two of us sat together and ate chocolate puddings. He said, it was then that I decided, when I'm going to get older, I'm going to be Mechanech. Because I can change the life of a person. Now, these things have tremendous uh, impressions on me. You should know these stories changed my life. When I graduated Yeshiva University in 68, my parents were planning to go back to Eretz Yisrael. And they wanted my father to be the rabbi of Yerushalayim, whatever. And there was a year, my father wanted to reorganize the whole Kehillah because he was leaving. So I decided I'll stay on. In the afternoon, uh, my father learned with me. At night, I did uh, my master's. And in the morning, I had free time. So my father said, the yeshiva high school is looking for a ready. Go, you'll get the job. You'll have a year of teaching. 
So I said, I don't know how to teach. I never stood up in front of the class. I said, and how are you so sure that I'll get the job? Are you a Navi? He said, no, Navi or Navi, but then Navi or Navi. I said, so how do you know I'll get the job? He said, I know you'll get the job. I said, how? He said, they don't have anybody. <laughs> I said, no, they don't. Anybody who will come will get your job. So I was very flattered that I might get the job because they didn't have anybody else. But that's what happened. I went there, they didn't have anybody else, so I became the ready. And the first day, 1968, September, I walk into the class with my Gemara, 30 kids bigger than me, some of them. And as I walk in, a kid throws a paper plane across my desk. And everybody's looking because it's the first Imut with the new Rebbe. So I put down my Gemara and I was thinking, Zeta, help me. He does overtime for me. You know? And um, I went to the back room and I read them by the collar and I brought him to the front of the class. And I said, if you ever make a plan like this again in my class, I'm going to throw you out for an entire year. And I'm scared everybody said. I said, because if you make a plane in my place, you're going to make it right. And I took out a piece of paper, and I made a paper plane. I know how to make paper planes. I threw it across the room, and everybody went, wow. I said, I don't care what you do in my place. But what you do, you're going to do it well. Now, the wonderful thing about some of these stories are they have closure. And closure is what makes it all worth everything. A number of years ago, I'm visiting a friend in New York, his friend's father was in the hospital, was a member of my father's shul. He come out of the room, and there's a, at the end of the hall, there's a very nice-looking man, doctor, with all these doctors around him, he's talking. And that guy looks so familiar to me. And I say, who is that? He said, him? You can't get near him. Two years, you got to wait to get an appointment. He's the head of the faculty, he's a goddard. I said, what's his name? Tells me their name. That's the kid that flew the plane. <laughs> I'm looking at him, and then he sees me. And he's the head of the, the whole department. Across the hall, he yells out, Is that you? I said, I think so. And he runs over to me, gives me a hug, he says, Do you have 10 minutes to have a cup of coffee with me in the misnomer there, in the cafeteria? They told me to get to him, you have to wait two years. He wants 10 minutes of my time. So I said, For you, even 50. So we went out to the cafeteria, talking, very successful. Then he says to me, do you remember the story with the plane? I said, I tell it over all the time. He said, you don't know the story. I said, I'm telling you, I tell it over. You don't know the story. I said, why? He said, you don't know why I threw the plane. I said, you know, it's funny. I should have asked. Why? He said, it's, it's a long time. He says, I didn't want to go to Yeshiva High School. All my friends were non-Jews. I went to public school. And then my father became thrown. I said, his son's going to go to Yeshiva High School. I didn't want to go. I wanted, my, I wanted to get out at 12, 1 o'clock. I'm going to go till 5 o'clock. I didn't want to go. So my father said, you're going to go. I said, I'll show you. I'll get kicked out the first day. I'll go back to public school. He said, so I flew the plane, but it didn't end the way I wanted. <laughs> then he said to me, he said, I studied by some of the biggest doctors in the world. And the greatest lesson I ever had was that first day in high school. He said, since then, whatever I do, I do it the best that I can.